0: racing cars need racing fuel and race fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend, and it's available in drums at Winton Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower For more details head to racefuels.com.au Mark, got- wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other.
1: There are two parts of the
2: story as all yes. red flag. This is a suspended uh, race.
3: Welcome back to the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by the race fuels and there is no bigger episode than we're going to do this year. It is the pre-Bathurst 1000 edition. We're previewing every car, every co-driver, every entry in the 2020 edition of The Great Race, my name is Grant Rowley and of course, like every week, I'm joined by my good friend, Tony D, who will be in The Great Race. He's currently up on the Gold Coast. He's a free man. Tony D, how you going?
2: Very well, mate. Uh, we have a big show, don't we? Massive. Huge. And uh, looking forward to it. It's Bathurst week, mate. I, I can't believe we're actually saying that. Uh, we're finally here. Uh, We've done all the hard yards, although to be honest, it hasn't been that hard up here in Brisbane. We've had a few pool days. It hasn't been too uncomfortable, but uh, yeah, feeling very refreshed and prepared for the race. Spent some time with the team last week and uh, the cars are now heading to Bathurst and we're going to make the trek tomorrow ourselves. So uh, it's all happening, mate. Very Mm, much uh, looking forward to it.
3: Very exciting! A road trip to Bathurst is something that I'm not going to get the chance to do,
2: and this will be your first ever road
3: trip from up north, coming from mm. um, from Queensland down to the uh, down to the famous Mount, Mount Panorama. How long is that trip? I know from Melbourne, if we uh, we've done it a couple of times before, and if we're yeah. uh, scooting pretty fast, we can get it get it done in about eight hours. What's the What's the Brisbane cool. to Bathurst times?
2: It's about eleven hours, so it's a little bit further. But there's going to be three of us, so it'll be myself, Fabs, and and Timmy Slade that are going to uh, share the drive. So it's not not too far. I mean, I generally drive anyway uh, myself from Melbourne to Bathurst, and you know, if someone wants to come along, great. If not, I will just do it myself. So I, I don't I don't mind it. It's a bit of fun, you know. You can just sort of relax uh, on the drive. You you don't have to put all your bags on the aeroplane and you know trundle through and and all that sort of oh, uh, yeah, all that sort of mess. So. And generally, we we'll, you know you fly to Sydney and then jump in a car, drive three hours to Bathurst. It's a bit of an ordeal. So just to be able to jump in Fab's Raptor and and get on the road, have a bit of fun along the way. It's uh, it's going to be a long day, but you know it's going to be relaxing as well. So we're going to set off pretty early on Tuesday morning, uh, probably about the time this podcast will drop. Um, we'll be on the road. So uh, yeah, should be a bit of fun ahead of us, and uh, then we're straight into into the weekend.
3: So Ford Raptor sounds nice. I was fearing mm. that you might be uh, stuck in a Mustang or something, not much room <laughs> in the, if uh, yeah, whoever draws the short straw and lands in the back.
2: Yeah, luckily we're not, uh, Slade and I aren't, aren't too big, but <laughs> uh, the Raptor is quite nice and, uh, you know, plenty of, plenty of leg room, put your bags in the back, all that sort of stuff. So we're traveling in style. Now, Grant, it's been yep. a big week for you. You're actually looking, well, you're looking surprisingly uh, refreshed yourself. Um, You've had a big week of training, I hear. Yeah, you've been smashing yep. it.
3: So thanks to our uh, great friends at Reaction Performance and Lee Stamation, who uh, for our regular listeners would have heard that uh, you'd set me a challenge to um, get rid of some of these COVID lumps that are sitting around my gut. Of course, I haven't had the actual COVIDs. I've just been suffering from... All the other things that COVID has brought, i.e., you know, a little bit of stress and a little bit of bad eating, and probably a few too many red wines and uh, delicious amber-colored beverages. Um, So it's uh, time to get rid of some of that. Uh, uh, I'm actually pretty fit anyway. Uh, All right, eh? But yeah, yeah. Well, I went for an eight (laughs) last week. Last week in my first week of training, after you'd set me the challenge, Mm -hmm. I went for an eight k run. I only, st- take, yeah. I only stopped once. I actually don't know how long it, how long, but I use one of those. Uh, of course, as you know, Lee uses those myzone things that attach mm. to your chest, so you, uh, you know, your how hard your heart is working, and mm-hmm. that was the biggest sweat that I'd had over over the whole time. Um, I've like really got into it. There's only in in the first week I only had sort of one rest day. And already, I just feel better. Uh, I, I go to sleep easier. I'm making better food choices. He's given me. I actually thought he was taking the piss at the start but that I would have to keep a food diary, and yep. I thought, no way, I'm not going to keep a food diary. But he absolutely just stayed on me to uh, fill it all out, and yeah. um, sort of, you know, you have to be accountable. So uh, yeah, I haven't cheated. I haven't had an extra slice of pizza and not tell him. I've um, you know Good. everything that goes in goes
2: down on the list. Yeah, Isn't it and- amazing though how much you actually eat when yeah. you start writing it down? Yeah, yeah, and
3: it Crazy. Looks, looks terrible. Last night, as uh, like I was just a little snacky in the in the evening, and um, school went back. So there's a couple of little school style treats in the uh, mm. in the cupboard. I had to do everything in my all of my. Um, all of my brain hour. power, not to open up a couple of bags of chips just to get me through that um, that difficult nine to ten pm little slot where you're just looking for a little bit of extra energy.
2: Especially when Formula One's about to start and uh, you, you're trying to stay up to watch the race. Yep. Um, a nice packet of chips would go down uh, very well. Yeah. Don't, um, don't what, what's, Lee, what's Lee? What's uh, Lee been getting you to do this week? Yeah, so uh,
3: lots of uh, lots of those Zoom style fitness group workouts. So, you know, they only go for half an hour. Some of them are in the morning, mm. some are in the evening. Man, they get you uh, they get you going, and they they certainly help by just knowing that all these other people are joining in. Your name's on the list. You've just got to do it, and mm. you just make time for it. That was probably one of the things that I was worried about is that oh, I'm too busy and I've got uh, too much stuff going on. But you just you make time for it if you want if you want to do it you can do it uh, and I'm just so glad that I've got into it I've st- I've got a bit of a way to go you know still five weeks of the program but uh, Lee and his team at uh, Reaction Performance who uh, deal with a lot of motor racing drivers a lot of uh, car races. He's got a, he's, he's very encouraging, you know, he's stays in contact with you all the time. He's like the big brother. I feel like he's sitting on my shoulder, uh, <laughs> watching over all the things that I'm doing. So, um, yeah, really personable, uh, experience. So, um, yeah, no, he's been terrific and, um, yeah, looking forward to the next, uh, six or so weeks, but there is yeah. a, um, there's a big couple of events happening this week. And one of them of course is. The Bathurst 1000. I'm gonna have to have a cheat day. There will definitely be a couple of beers, especially while I can't be up there working. So, uh, yeah, can't What's wait for ever? it. Oh, I've got a little birthday as well, so there might be a couple. Of, <laughs> there might be a couple of beers that day. Pretty low key birthday down here in Melbourne, though. We're still, we're still locked down. We're still locked down.
2: Still parked up. We certainly are, but you know, you've just got to limit those bad days, Grant. And uh, don't worry, Lee will keep you on track. Yeah, check in and he's pretty good like that like um talking about cheat days i had a little cheat day on last saturday night when uh scotty mack had a little pre-bathurst party so you know i was was a little little bit naughty had uh, a few little beverages but yeah like lee doesn't crucify you for doing that you know um as long as you get back on the horse and and get yourself going again quickly and not sort of in the next two or three days being naughty um he's okay with it so um yeah we can't be angels all the time but i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing the results i know you did your body scan this morning so i'll be interested to see what those results are like but yeah when you actually spend another five weeks doing it to see the the gain that you've had you you'll uh really enjoy seeing some of those uh, results i think
3: yeah can't wait to see the results but already i feel a uh, i feel a bit better so anyway we'll um we'll see how good. my exercise regime presses on of course the parked up podcast is powered by our very good friends at the race fuels um make sure you check out their social media. there's a bit of a some video and some other content that went up uh, just in the past couple of days their truck has set off for the great race filled with 70,000 liters of fuel that's going to power not only the Bathurst 1000 but the uh all the support classes including Dunlop Super 2 and Super 3 as well so uh they're uh, they're getting right into the spirit and we also need to thank our friends at motorsport websites uh, of course they've hooked up our parkedup.com.au site it looks awesome Go there and check out all of the old episodes that we've had in the uh, in the build-up to uh, this main race that we've uh, that we're we're heading into this week. But the uh, the motorsport websites guys are absolute motorsport branding experts. They're your one-stop shop for all things motorsport branding, not just the websites, but also team uniforms, custom race gear. Uh, their tagline is "powering you to the front." And of course, Tony. The Parked Up podcast is almost at the front of Australian motorsport podcasts. So there's there's uh, no doubt about, actually, there probably is some doubts. But anyway, there let's is just, a lot of
2: doubt, but right, we're trying. That's right. We're, we're
3: definitely in the top 10. We like to think we're in the top <laughs> 10. Um, and the motorsport website, guys, will also do, uh, they'll also make you a cool logo as well. They'll do anything. They've actually got a bit of a Bathurst deal as well. Their GT website package, I don't think it's got anything to do with Garth Tander but it's called the gt website package it's on special now for 799 dollars, and the first 20 people that get involved in that are going to win themselves a uh, a cool hat and t-shirt prize so nice. uh, get around the guys at motorsport websites and you can find them at motorsportwebsites.com.au tony usually at this point we'd go into the news there was a Formula One race on the weekend. Lewis Hamilton won. He equaled some bloke called uh, Michael Schumacher for wins. Uh, there's been a bunch of other other things go on, but you know, oh, you
2: absolutely missed it, though.
3: What have I missed?
2: Danny Rick got on the podium. Danny Rick got on the
3: podium. That was a uh, that that's a uh, really good thing. But but this weekend there is only one thing that we need to be talking about, and it's the Bathurst one thousand. It's oh. not my birthday. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that next week if we uh, if both of us have enough power to uh, to do our usual parked up podcast on the Monday. That will of course be after the great race. Let's see if we've got enough steam to get that happening. Anyway, this episode is all about the Bathurst One Thousand preview. It's the great race, Tony. You and I and a couple of very good friends of ours, some journo mates, Andrew Van Lawen from motorsport.com, and Stefan Bartholomeus from supercars.com are going to go through car by car, driver by driver, and 25 entries. Of course, Tony, we want to see you win, but let's see what the others have got in store. It's the Great Race Preview here on Parked Up. Let's get into it. So this is the Parked Up podcast, Bathurst 1000 preview for 2020. The great race is upon us again, and we're heading to that famous mountain. And to do our Bathurst 1000 preview, we've called some aces from faraway places. We've actually got a bit of coast-to-coast action here. Of course, Tony Delberto is with us, and we've got Stefan Bartholomeus on the Gold Coast, who... He's part of the supercars.com editorial team and Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com and also runs his own podcast with uh, the Below the Bonnet guys. Uh, AVL, I'll start with yourself. You're over in Perth at the moment watching the great race from afar. It'll it'll still be a bit of an early wake-up for you come Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, it's going to be like the uh, the old days when I was a kid. It was always a bit of a tradition that you got up early, particularly the warm-up. You know, the warm-up was on it like, 6 in the morning. So it's uh, it's how it always was when I'm a kid, and how it's going to be uh, it's going to be this weekend. It's weird since you know, like I haven't lived in Perth for a very, very long time. When I left, it was still Bathurst was always live, but stuff like the footy, Friday night footy, was always on delayed telecast because there was no Twitter and there was no Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So you sat down at seven forty and watched the footy. But it's you know, it's on at five forty here now. So I would say um, it's a bit of a different world over here in the west. Well, and, and Stefan, uh, of course, you write for
3: supercars.com and you're heading to Bathurst uh, very shortly, but you've also filled in a little bit of time during uh, these weird old COVID times, uh, writing a book uh, with Glenn Seton as well, published by the V8 sleuth Aaron Noonan. Uh, just, uh, just a real quick one on on how that process went, writing the Seto uh, book and, and, of course, um, the excitement of getting to this big race.
1: Yeah, it's been a, been a great project during this unusual year to work so closely with Glenn and, and Aaron on, on this book. Um, Glenn is uh, somebody, obviously, we, we sort of all know, like I feel like I knew his career pretty well, but you don't realise how much you don't know about someone until you really get into the nitty-gritty of it by doing a project like this. So I think uh, for any fans of Glenn or Ford or just the sport in general, there's, there's plenty in it um, for them to learn and, and read. Um, and in terms of this week, yeah, I'm heading to Bathurst uh, on Tuesday. Will be a bit of an unusual one, I think. Like, it's such a shame that there'll only be uh, 4,000 fans there. As good as that place and that race is, the fans are such a big part of what makes that event so special. So um, hopefully it's still a good show for everyone watching on TV. And the few that do get to go really appreciate what they see.
0: No media truck, Stefan. Where are you going to sit?
1: Oh, I, think there, I think there is a media truck. Well, there is a media um, truck. I believe so. Even though you're not going to be there, they still, for some reason, have decided to bring it. So, can you, you look the after the bit.
0: can you look after the rubbish bin that I tend to straddle during sessions while we're uh, sitting there watching together for me?
1: I thought your bin straddling was something we'd keep between ourselves, but uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's out there now.
3: Okay, so the way our uh, the parked up podcast preview is going to work, we're going to go through car by car. So, 25 cars entering the great race for 2020. And uh, just before we get into that, a, a couple of quick ones. For me, uh, I've been watching a lot of old Bathursts over the last couple of weeks, getting uh, getting in the mood, getting in the groove for for this year's one thousand kilometre race. And the the races that I've been watching, late '80s, early '90s, you know, there was double the amount of cars. There was uh, 50, 55 cars entering those races. Um, certainly, a, a great difference in speed and and class racing boys just very quickly would you like maybe the uh the great race one day to return to a uh, a larger a larger field as it was back in the day
2: definitely, not. His head. definitely <laughs> not there might have been 50 cars on the grid but there's probably only five that could have won the race where these days 25 26 cars on the grid and maybe not everyone's got a chance of winning the race but you know when you look at qualifying the grid separated by such a small amount um the competition's so hot these days that uh you know, to throw in another 25 cars just for the sake of it, I think you'd really just get cars in the way during the race, causing havoc, which might be great for spectators, um, but from a driver's point of view, not so great. I think what we've got now is an absolute class act.
3: Now, we've got uh, a, a great mix of championship drivers and and co-drivers, a, a real diverse mix, and and 2020 has thrown up all of the challenges that we know. Stefan, a bit of pressure on some of these co-drivers as well, some of whom have not driven race cars uh, like Tony since um, the very first couple of months of the year.
1: Yeah, it's been a very different build-up. I guess last year heading to Bathurst, there was all this talk about, oh, no Sandown 500 as the traditional lead-in. Bathurst was the first enduro and how that might affect things. But it's even more extreme this year with with basically no no testing and no miles through the year for the co-drivers at test days and ride days and practice sessions and all the rest of it. So co-drivers sort of under under the pump and also the teams without having that usual test day in particular to practice all the enduro pit stops, not doing refueling at most races. So it's sort of, it's more of an outlier in the season than normal about this.
3: And AVL, a couple of rule changes as well, particularly the safety car one, it's been reasonably well documented uh, in, in terms of what those rules are, where where there won't be any cars that are off the lead lap in the middle of a group
0: during uh, safety car periods. If there are any safety car periods, what's your take on it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I guess we need to sort of see how it's going to play out because, you know, from what I understand of the rule, it's not a case of just during the safety car waving the lap cars past so they can go and join the back of the field. It's almost like a two-tiered restart like they're they're going to let the guys go you know at one point the the, the guys at a lap so they can take off and try and get at least part of their lap back right before the actual restart so i don't know there's always something fun about a couple of lap cars in the mix at some point in the race that sort of it's it's part of bathurst folklore about trying to get back on the lead lap and doing the hard yards to do that if if you happen to fall off it and how important being on that lead lap is come the latter stages of the race um so i guess having more cars on it you could argue puts more cars in a position to win, but at some point it just probably takes away the advantage of being on that lead lap because there's going to be more cars on that lead lap. So I don't know to, to me, I think a few drivers have come out and said, yeah, this is probably a good thing. I guess it is. If you feel like you're going to be in the mix at the front, uh, you'd rather not have a lap car sitting between you and the bloke you might be chasing, you know, on a restart with five laps to go. But um, from someone who's going to be sitting watching the race, that was always just part of, Part of Bathurst, having those lap cars sort of uh, in the mix. Do you, well, you
2: guys think, though, if uh, somebody that was a lap down that manages to get their lap back during the day because of this new ruling, do you think that will cause a little bit of uproar um, from fans afterwards? You know, because somebody that you know could have led the race all day, basically, then gets done over by somebody that's had a shitter at the start. It almost seems unfair in some way um and i hope that you know this year uh that doesn't happen to me um but you know what i'm saying it it could sort of take away from the person that's done the hard yards all day that you know somehow gets beaten right at the end there by somebody that hasn't done you know has uh had problems earlier on
0: there's definitely even if that does you know if that does happen for example there won't be the same romance to it that there Mm. is for if a drive you know if a driver came from a lap behind at some point in the race and won it normally, you know, we still talk about Larry Perkins, you know, they're the yes. great Bathurst efforts. It wouldn't be that. You wouldn't look at it in that way. You know, no, it's it it's like a free good. kick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: All right, boys, without any further ado, let's get into the parked up podcast Bathurst preview and the very first car unless we're going to go by car number order. And the very first car is the mobile one Midi's racing entry, of Bryce Fullwood and Kurt Kostecki. Bryce currently 18th in the championship, best result of a podium at the bend just recently in that very mixed up, uh, extremely entertaining race uh, that we saw in South Australia. Stefan, let me start with you. What's the uh, what's the best possible result do you think Bryce in his first year as a full-time supercars driver could could look for at this year's race?
1: I think this is one of those cars where they've just got to keep it clean and roll around and do their best and try to end up in the top 10 at the end of the day. There is a bit to like about this entry. I mean, Walkinshaws have got a pretty good recent record at Bathurst. They've had a car on the podium there in each of the last three years, including twice being the number two car. And Robbie Starr, very experienced engineer on that car. There's few people better to be guiding two young bikes through a race like this. I think when you look at, when you drill down at the um, the numbers from last year's race, and you really look at the data that the teams look at to assess co-drivers. Bryce was right up there. He was sort of on the rankings that I've seen, he was P4 behind your lounge, Moffat, Tander types in the in the race pace stakes. So he did a really good job last year. I think Kurt comes in, Kurt Kostecki comes in a little bit underdone, obviously without a proper Super Two season this year. You know, he was hoping to do the full injury cup, obviously, with Walkinshaws and possibly a wild card or two as well. when that didn't happen because of this COVID situation. So um yeah, there's there's a bit going on with
3: this car. AVL, where's, where, what do you think regarding the number two car?
0: Yeah, I think I think Stefan summed it up perfectly. I mean, if they stay out of trouble, there's you know there's a there's a top six result on there. You know, this is Bathurst where, as difficult as it is to go and get a result there, there's also going to be opportunities for um for cars who can keep it clean and and you know to go and get something. And that's the sort of pairing that could um definitely do it. I think Bryce has been fairly uh fairly impressive um this year. You know, he sort of come through with the right pedigree, as Stefan pointed out, he was really, really impressive last year, earned his spot um, in the main game and, and he's and he's held his own as a rookie. So, um, so yeah, they could definitely, you know, a top six wouldn't be completely out of the question at all.
3: Yeah, I get the feeling with the uh, field that we've got, a top six would be an absolutely outstanding result for those guys. Right, moving on to car number three it's the team cool drive entry of Macaulay Jones and Tim Blanchard. Uh, a reasonably young pairing i guess but lots of experience uh in this race for both of them macaulay currently 19th in the championship with the best result of eighth in one of those mixed tire races at sydney motorsport park uh AVL, i'll I'll, uh, I'll i'll stick with you macaulay has shown some reasonable glimpses of speed but uh is is a is a top 10 the best they can hope for
0: Probably. I mean, there's definitely been an upswing in qualifying form um, from from Maka recently, which has been impressive. But then we're going to a race where qualifying is probably not as important as it is uh, when you're going into a 115k sprint race. So, um, yeah, I don't think you'd be sitting there waiting for these guys to run around in the top five all day. But, you know, again, VJR have a habit of going well uh, at Bathurst um so yeah you just never know keep it clean and and the top 10 might be there but you know you wouldn't necessarily put them in the mix much higher than that Tony Timmy
3: Blanchard is in a similar possibly even worse position than yourself having not done a lot of miles um this year how do you think he'll be feeling
2: I think he's definitely in a worse position than what I am uh (laughs) thanks for that, Grant. yeah, look, I mean, I, to be honest, I think Macaulay has been a little disappointed this year based on the performance of his teammates. Um, BJR, I think, have got pretty strong cars. always do at Bathurst. But yeah, Blanchard comes in with no miles this year. Um, so for them, I think, you know, keeping you out of trouble, I don't think they're going to set the world on fire. But definitely, uh, you know, if things fall their way during the day, they could find themselves in the top 10. Whether or not, you know, Macaulay can you know, withstand some of the muscle at the end of the, the top guys. Um, I suppose we'll we'll see how he goes there.
3: All right, let's stick with BJR, move on to car number four, the SCT logistics entry of Jack Smith and a very experienced co-driver in Jack Perkins. Jack currently running 21st in the title and, again, a best result of 10th in one of those mixed-tyre races in sydney Stefan, it's been a, a difficult first full year for jack in the uh in the supercars championship it probably started completely on the wrong foot by missing his uh photo shoot at the uh at the adelaide 500 and uh, just doesn't seem to have gotten any better but jack perkins is likely to to really help that's the way i see it what do you reckon
1: yeah, I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better for Jack Smith to have uh, Jack Perkins as the co-driver, a driver that was on the podium at Bathurst last year sharing with James Courtney at, uh, at Walkinshaws. Uh, Jack Perkins had done a deal to co-drive with Will Davison in the 23 red car, and we all know what happened to that. So for um, Jack Smith and BJR to pick up Perko uh, pretty late is, is great for them. And it's going to be one of those weekends, I think, that for Smith He's just got to really learn as much as he can off off Perco, to be honest, because he's um, got a lot of experience at Bathurst, knows what he's doing. And it's it's all very well to sort of learn off your teammates during the year. But I think to have Perco in the same car and just really work closely with him and there's there's not much of the game of motorsport that Jack Perkins doesn't understand, to be quite honest. He's pretty savvy in all, all elements. So, um, yeah, they've just got to, uh, again, roll around and try to pick up something at the end of the day.
3: AVL I guess the the way we typically see the modern form of the Bathurst 1000 where the lead driver or regular driver will end the race do you think the team if if they're in a reasonable position that jack could end the ra- jack perkins could end the race and and uh, jack smith might not be there and maybe also similar question for for qualifying as well
0: Yeah, we do see that uh, every now and then. I guess the one thing that we've got to remember is that, you know, it comes back to that lack of miles that the co-drivers have, you know, and Jack Smith has plenty of miles. So, you know, he's probably still going to be in a position to to hold his own um, in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, doing the qualifying, uh, finishing the race, that sort of stuff. But, you know, you've definitely got that option. I guess it gives you that option. I think for this entry, the big thing is just, and Stefan touched on it, you know, what a great opportunity for, um, for Jack Smith to learn off of someone like Perco, someone, you know, with that amount of experience. And, you know, I think it's good that, that Jack Perkins found at home in the race after getting done over by something completely outside of his own control um, in terms of the other drive that he had. Because, you know, as we look at, you know, limited opportunities for co-drivers to get miles, we're looking at probably a maximum of two Enduros next year. you fall out of the system it's probably going to be pretty easy to 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 fall out of it permanently you know as those miles come down because because lapse and recent experience is going to become more and more important as we um as we go forward
3: all right well uh two blokes who definitely don't uh, have a lacking in in recent uh, recent miles is the number five truck assist racing car the first tickford racing entry that we're going to talk about here in lee holdsworth and michael caruso tony d you've spent a lot of time racing against these guys, uh, hanging out with these guys. Lee currently 12th in the title. He's finished second twice this year. Uh, are they a, a, a genuine chance for a podium, do you think?
2: In the, a genuine chance for a top five um, and a podium would be a bloody good day for those guys. Lee's been really good this year, I think. Not probably as consistent as what he would like to be, but the fact those guys have driven at Bathurst before you know they they know what each other likes from a car. Uh, Michael is only basically a year out of the seat full time, so you know he's pretty fresh as far as miles go. Like we've all done no miles this year, but when you look at some of the co-drivers that have just come out of main series, he's definitely right up there. So I would say this is a pretty strong pairing, and if uh, things go their way during the day, they will definitely be in the mix come later on because those Tickford cars have definitely shown quite a bit of pace you know not not all the way through the year but especially the last few rounds AVL you get to spend a lot of time
3: with Michael Caruso and we know all know him very well doesn't lack for much confidence but uh, you get to spend <laughs> a bit of extra time with him uh on the below the bonnet podcast uh, what's his feelings what's his vibe like uh heading into this one he's pretty upbeat he's
0: pretty upbeat he's a um Yep, yeah, you know, he, he's he got plenty of confidence as you do when you've been around that long. Um, He's, he brings a lot of intensity and energy to pretty much everything he does. And I've seen that with the, with the podcast project over the last couple of years. So I'm guessing that he's probably a pretty handy bloke to have around the garage on those big race weekends, because he will certainly, he likes getting everyone fired up. It's an interesting thing. You know, he was sort of on as part of this, this whole musical chairs thing with, with Will Davison's exit from Tickford as well, because as Davo came back in as a co-driver, he sort of got shuffled from Cam Waters' car to Lee Holdsworth's car, which, you know, Cam's really emerged as, as Tickford's leader in the last season um, since Chas Mostert left or, or across this season. That's been the quickest car out of the four there on more occasions than not. But again, when you're talking about Bathurst, you're not just talking about race pace and, and and teaming up with a bloke like Holdsworth with his experience and who has been quick enough on occasions that you wouldn't rule him out to go and and be amongst the front runners at Bathurst. I think Caruso's actually landed uh, in a pretty good spot there. That's the sort of safe pair of hands pairing that could you know go pretty deep into the race and potentially get something special out of it if things um, fall their way.
3: Yeah, and a nice lead into car number six, the Monster Energy Racing Mustang of Cam Waters and Will Davison, third in the title, first in the last race of the championship at the Bend. Stefan, does that last race improve their their chances? Does it improve Cam Waters' sort of feeling going into to the race?
1: Yeah, I think it certainly put them uh, very much publicly in the conversation of where we always sort sort of talk about the 17 car McLaughlin's car and and Wincup and Van Gisbergen as the three heavy hitters but the six of cam waters will davison is is right up there in the conversations now uh, i think it's the first one on our list here that's a genuine red hot winning chance probably the holdsworth caruso car wouldn't be surprised to see him on the podium as the other boys said but um cam waters is going to go there trying to win the race um he's been pretty quick at bathurst the last couple of years but had some pretty famous run-ins with uh, teammate Chaz Mostert that uh, haven't been cam's fault Dave o is clearly um, number one draft pick of the co-drivers he, he wasn't a co-driver until we got to april or wherever whenever it was that um uh, the 23 red thing went south it'll be interesting you tony can probably speak to this a little better than than me or abl but he does need to adapt to that co-driver role and really know how to play his role um, i'm not quite sure where he's at for 2021 he may be still trying to impress or prove a point or whatever but he's got to make sure that he gives the car to cam waters um, in a good position. And if he can get track position over those other co-drivers, well, I think Ken Waters is going to be a tough one to pass in the last stint. He doesn't mind getting the elbows out and rubbing some panels. So, um, yeah, a good chance for miss these boys.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think this pairing is very, very strong. Will is obviously trying to prove that he need, that he should be back in the championship, but I think he's got enough experience, enough Years under his belt to know how to play it right. Speed's not going to be an issue. And I think as far as co-drivers go, he's definitely, like I said, the probably the number one draft pick. And because he's got so much experience with the Tickford car as well. I mean, he was almost their lead driver at the start of the year. I think coming out of Adelaide and the Grand Prix there, he had a huge amount of speed um, and he was looking like he was going to be a real contender for the championship. So that puts him in really good stead. And even though we've had no miles during the year, he'll know that car like the back of his hand. So that to me is a really strong pairing.
0: I think the big, the big thing for this car would have been the biggest, the real big chance would have been if the, if the title fight was still going on. And we had, we had a car 17 and a car 88 that had something to think about on the big day beyond just the race itself. Now it's sort of, uh, everyone's just going there to win the great race. Whereas before there might've been a, you know, that, that might've been Cam's chance. And we saw him do exactly that at the bent, you know, in that last race. He was happy to play chicken with Scott because he knew he was going to win. He passes him into the first corner and goes and wins the race. So that may be, you know, they're definitely part of the conversation. They're definitely, uh, you know, can win this race, but they might've had a a better shot at it had there been title considerations uh, in play as well. Well, we watch
3: with interest with the number six car. We'll move on to the next Mustang in the list. Number seven, Ned racing, Kelly racing entry for Andre Heimgartner and Dylan O'Keefe so uh, Andre 14th in the title he's finished second twice this year once at Sydney Motorsport Park and once at the bend Stefan what do you feel is the best result that uh, Andre could could walk away from this race with
1: it's actually really hard to know how these Kelly Mustangs are going to go Uh, they've been a little bit up and down through the year Um, they'll be pretty encouraged by the step forward they seem to take at the bend which is a sort of Bit of a flowing track as well um probably and unfortunately it's not a new thing to talk about with the kelly's but the question is the motor um it seems to have reasonable performance but where it's at with fuel economy we haven't really seen because we haven't been doing fuel races so i think that's a question mark the Nissens were going pretty good there last year like andre did a three i think he was one of a few blokes that were three during race week so you'd hope they'd be able to get the car in the window set up wise uh, but then dylan o'keefe as a co-driver is doesn't have a lot of experience in in the big big game. Uh, obviously, he did a bit of Super 2 with GRM, but um, he's a big question mark, I think, against that entry as well. So, yeah, it's really hard to say where they're going to be, but a top 10 is probably going to be a good result.
3: Of course, Dylan's been doing some world TCR racing. He's probably one of the few co-drivers who's been involved in a motor race s- since the uh, pandemic started. Uh, Tony, how much do you think that will help him uh, heading into this weekend's race?
2: I think it it will help him um, having some miles under his belt, but it's a tough ask. You know, he hasn't driven the car. He hasn't driven with Andre before. It's his first Bathurst 1000. You know, there's a lot of things to consider with this entry. And I 100% agree with Stefan. Like the Kelly cars are, are so hit and miss. They're either on it massively and so fast or they're just not. And I don't think they have a quite, have uh, an understanding of what really makes those cars tick just yet if they roll out fast then we can we can probably factor them in but it is going to be a big day out for dylan just with a lot of learning to do in a very short space of time but there is no reason why they can't have a good a decent result and i think you know a top 10 would be good but i think if things go their way they could could definitely uh you know feature a little bit further further up in the results um, because dylan's a very good steerer there's no doubt about it it's just coming in with no miles uh, in that car is is a big ask
3: all right let's move on to car number eight brad jones racing's lead entry it's nick Percat and thomas randall nick currently sixth in the supercars championship and he's had two wins this year plus a couple of other podiums avl a, a pretty strong pairing
0: and a, a decent shot at a podium you agree Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is, you know, yeah, Stefan touched on the real heavy hitters before, obviously, you know, the Penske cars, the triple eight cars, that Devo, uh, Cam Waters, Tickford entry, but you know, this, this, this is a car that's that's part of the conversation as well, perhaps not a stick it on pole drive away from the field lead all day and win the race sort of conversation, but can definitely be there, you know, and we know that, you know, Percat's a, a pretty tenacious bloke and driver. And if he's sort of, you know, if he's somewhere in the hunt, come the last stint um or come a late safety car you'd uh you'd back in particularly you know again we talked about water's been pretty hard to pass i don't reckon uh nick would be offering uh, anyone anything on a silver platter if he found himself with track position at some point late in the race either and you know we've seen uh we've seen tommy randall really come on in the last couple of years i think he's ready to go out there and uh and do a pretty good job you you'd put him amongst the the better co-drivers in the field so yeah this is a good this is a, uh, one of those entries that could do something fairly uh, fairly exciting. You'd expect to see him in the shootout and sort of in the race throughout the day, I reckon. Stefan, do you reckon that
3: uh, we haven't spoken much about qualifying here, but the BJR cars have typically always been able to have one of them feature in uh, Saturday's top 10 shootout quite prominently. Do you think that uh, that Nick might be able to jam that number eight car somewhere high up on the grid?
1: You'd, you'd hope he'd make the shootout. Um, he did, and also Tim Slade and the other BJR card made the shootout last year, but they were probably a bit lucky that it was wet in quality because their dry pace wasn't that great. And in general, I thought the eight car would be would be right in it last year for a top five or or better. And they had a really sort of quiet day. They sort of got delayed early and never really figured. So, um, yeah, you'd, you'd hope this year, as ADL as was saying, that there are a chance of, of the podium. It's a big opportunity for for Thomas Randall. I think it's one of the exciting parts of this year's race, like these young blokes like Thomas having the opportunity to be in these cars that should be near the front and therefore going up against, you know, your Craig Lowndes, Garth Tander and whoever else is in that mix um, and really being able to show what they can do. Uh, It's sort of, it's a shame for Tom going into a different team that we haven't had the normal lead up to Bathurst. I think that makes it a little trickier in terms of hasn't driven the car very much at all. And that Nissany drives in DS2 in in the super two series, it's a bloody good car. So it'd be interesting to see for him, like driving both on the same weekend, which uh, which feels better.
3: Yep, he'll have uh, plenty of miles under his belt by the time that race weekend finishes. So let's move on to car number nine. It is the Penwright Racing entry of David Reynolds and young Will Brown. Reynolds has had an up and down year, 11th in the title, started really well. Uh, with a couple of fourth place finishes, but has really been uh, inconsistent. Tony D, where do you uh, where do you see, uh, it's been a frustrating year, I guess, for David. He's got Al McVane back in the uh, hot seat, back down in pit lane for this race. Where do you see the number nine?
2: Well, I think the the big advantage these guys have got is Dave's won the race before, so he knows what to expect. And he's always a contender at Bathurst, no matter even if he hasn't had a, a strong year, which he really hasn't by his standards. Um, and we know Will Brown is extremely fast, um, but he can be just a little bit loose at times. Um, that would be my only concern with Will. And you, know, we, you guys spoke about Thomas there as well as, as these young guys in DVS. Um, that are probably that next uh, lot of star drivers in supercars, they're, they're really out there to prove how quick they can be and how close they can be to the main driver. And to me, that that comes with quite a bit of risk. So if Will plays his role well with David, um, I think they can definitely be you know a factor in the race. There's no doubt about it. And if they're right there at the end, David can finish the job. He's done it before. So it will just be interesting to see how quick the Erebus cars are uh, at Bathurst this weekend.
3: Uh, AVL Will Brown. We know that he's locked in for a drive with Erebus next year as a full-time driver. Do you think that um, that's an, an advantage for him, and that he knows he doesn't have to go out and prove a great deal? And uh, you know, just playing that really strong support role is is the best that he needs to do because um,
0: you know the future beyond this year is is pretty secure. Yeah, it could do. It definitely could do. I guess the interesting thing is how much does do it, does any of that stuff actually factor in a driver's brain when he's pounding across the top of the mountain, you know, in terms of when you're actually driving the car, are you really thinking, "Oh, I don't need to prove anything," or "I do need to prove something?" I think there's so much happening on instinct at that point that that maybe it's it's not as big a factor as sometimes we talk about it about it being. I think for Will, there's definitely an element uh, TD is 100% right. There's an element of um of risk and reward with having someone like Will in the car. He's obviously really, really quick, um, but he does go out there and drive the thing pretty hard. And I think um, it's going to be a different it's, that is a different experience for for David Reynolds to, to be paired with, with a young hotshot like that. Um, so that, that will be interesting. There is an element of that, you know, we talk about how a, a a driver can can pretty much turn a whole season around in one in one day at Bathurst. And that's definitely an opportunity there for, for Reynolds and for Erebus to do that. You know, the team has struggled with outright pace all year pretty much. Dave seemed to get the got the worst of that, not having Al there to help him along and guide him through race weekends. We know what a confidence driver he is. We know how much he he really benefits from having someone that he feels is right in his corner and his, uh and is. Steering him in the right direction and and making sure that his quirky little brain is functioning in the way that it needs to, to get the best out of him. Uh, And Al plays that role perfectly. So I think there's a massive psychological benefit, um, if nothing else, for him having Al back. And again, like crappy season, but if they go and run near the front all day and end up on the podium, that wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world because Dave obviously goes pretty well there. So that's the, this is the ultimate case of someone potentially being able to turn around a pretty a pretty horrendous year by his very lofty standards with a with a good result at mount panorama
3: all right let's move on to car number 12 the shell v power racing team entry of fabian coulthard and some bloke called tony delberto tony i'll let you have the first words here what's the vibe like what is the vibe like is there a podium or a race win in the offing for for car 12
2: Well, AVL touched on it before about how the championship has been wrapped up and I can tell you, we are absolutely delighted about that because it um, just means we can focus on going to the race and, and trying to win it rather than, you know, playing some game that, you know, we might have to protect, you know, car 17 to try and help win the race or, you know, roll over if we're in front of them or whatever. I mean, we know the controversy last year, so we don't need to go over that, but um yeah, we're, we've, got a, we've got a good mindset. We're going in there to have a good crack. Um, there's a huge amount of uncertainty next year for that team, um, for all the drivers. Uh, we don't know what's going on just yet. So we just see it as an opportunity just to go out there. We think the car's gonna be strong. Um, they were very strong there last year and they've got a huge amount of form. And I think Fabian's got good form as well. The last few rounds at Tail and Bend, he was quick, um, winning one of the rounds, winning a race. Uh, and a podium there as well, so you know we've got high hopes going there. And you know I don't think we're gonna probably set the world on fire, so to speak, with you know putting the thing on pole. And that's probably not our um, main goal. But we're going to be working towards having a nice race car. And yeah, there's no reason why we can't be up there at the end of the day. We're just really hoping that we can be ahead of car 17. So that last stop is ours, and uh, we can get ahead of it and and finish the job um, when it matters.
3: I guess that brings the point about uh, track position and having your car in front of the 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 car that you share a pit booth with, Stefan. How much of a factor do you think that is, and uh, and and how much of a factor will it be for for the car twelve?
1: Yeah, it's something we haven't talked about with the first few cars in this list, but I think it's it's arguably an issue for the nine car racing against um, the other Penrite entry of Anton De Pasquale and Brody Kostecki, but also. Here, obviously, like Tony said, you probably wouldn't expect um, his car to out-qualify for Fabian to out-qualify Scotty. And then it's it's sort of, once you're the second car in line, it sort of depends how the race plays with safety cars and fuel windows as to how badly you get burnt by that and whether the race plays in your favour that you end up ahead, unless Tony's planning on just blazing through the field on pure ability, <laughs> uh, which, <laughs> which let's not rule out because, and I'm not just saying this because he's on the line, but he he was one of the unsung, probably co-driver heroes of last year's race, starting the race and being able to save a lot of fuel and also make speed, which is uh, pretty pretty important and two great things to have in a co-driver. So yeah, it's really hard to know where these guys are gonna end up. We don't know what's really happening with Fabian next year either. So um, as Tony was saying, there's a lot of question marks there. So he would uh, definitely be pretty keen to uh, put, uh, put a trophy in the cabinet from this one.
3: Uh, and AVL, you know, I you know I love a punt, or we both love a bit of a punt. How much of my hard earned do you think I should be sticking on my old mate there in the in the car twelve? Do you reckon it's uh, worth a flutter?
2: A good I, odds.
0: I reckon it definitely. I reckon it definitely will be. I think um, you know if Tony hadn't brought it up, I definitely wanted to. I think one of the big winners of the championship being wrapped up was definitely uh, the guys in car twelve because if there were if there, if there was a championship on the line you you would struggle to see how that car would finish ahead of the 17 unless the 17 was out of the race so now there's absolutely no situation where you think it would be acceptable for Fabian to be asked or for Tony to be asked to do something to help give the 17 an advantage it's anyone's race um, those guys are within their rights to go out there and just do what's best for them and and, and try and uh, and try and get a result so obviously yep definitely priority is going to play its part, but we know the way that this race can ebb and flow, and how that can that can come and go um as well. And yeah, so I, yeah, th- this is a car that's in the podium conversation, 100%.
3: Excellent. All right, let's move on. Brad Jones Racing car 14. Todd Hazelwood and Jordan Boys. Hazelwood 17th in the championship. He has. I was surprised when I was going through the list of results. One third place. In Sydney, of course, that was that mixed tyre race. We, we've seen so much of him, maybe because he's one of the very few cars this year that have been uh, recycling uh, liveries. So uh, you always see him pop up in the news for no other reason other than just changing a uh, changing a colour scheme. But he's uh, you know had some some very good results, some good qualifying results. Is there a sneaky chance of a podium here, Stefan, for Todd Hazelwood in the 14?
1: Well, I think a podium would be uh, amazing for these guys. They might not quite be shooting that high. Um, I guess one of the big interests in this car for me is, is Jordan Boys because he does uh, sort of fly a little bit under the radar, doesn't quite get that star of the future tag quite as often as, as your Will Brown and Brody Kostecki and Thomas Randall, those sort of blokes. Um, and this is a good opportunity, I think, to go in with BJR. He's an Aubrey boy. Um family team, all that sort of stuff that gets rolled out all the time with BJR. But it's a little bit of a lower pressure than going in in a car that is is genuinely expected to be on the podium. So yeah, again, they've sort of just got to keep their noses clean. Todd obviously had a big shunt there at Reed Park, I think um, last year, um, which you'll he'll, uh, he'll want to forget about. And so I think just getting through the race and ending up in that top 10 somewhere is probably where they're at.
0: Do you agree, Avial? Yep. Absolutely. I, I really agree that it's going to be interesting to see how Jordan goes um, because, um, you know, I've had conversations with people that really rate him. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how he fares in that seat. I agree with Steph and that'll be something um, really worth watching.
3: All right, car 15. It is the second Kelly racing car of Rick Kelly and Dale Wood, of course, in the Castrol Racing entry. Of course, they're doing something a little different with their livery. They're going to put the faces of fans across uh, across the green Mustang AVL. Do you have, uh, have you submitted your photo? Or are you going to be driving around Mount Panorama with Rick Kelly this year?
0: I am not, unless someone submitted one for me, which uh, you never know that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, this is a, um, the guys said said it all before. How do you rate the Kelly, the Kelly racing cars at the moment? You know, they sort of come and go and it's very, very difficult to tell how quick they're going to be. You could almost have, the same conversation with this car as with the seven, except for the fact that obviously Dale Woods got a lot more co-driver miles, uh, uh, a lot more co-driver runs on the board than Dylan O'Keefe does, you know, he's going to go up there and do a solid job and, uh, and, and do what he needs to do. But yeah, just so, so hard to tell with those cars, you know, whether they're going to be quick or whether they're not, and whether they're going to have the the fuel economy or not and all that sort of stuff. It's all, it's all what we've touched on before.
3: Uh, Rick currently 16th in the championship. He's finished 6th three times this year, a typical Rick Kelly season where super, super consistent. Stefan, what's the best result you think Rick and Dale can hope for?
1: Yeah, I mean, whether it's top 10 or top five sort of depends on how the how the race plays. All of those variables with these cars and this motor and everything, as, as Van Loon was saying, is the same as the, um, the Heimgartner car. I think Woody is a good asset for this for this car, though, I think it's one of five stable pairings from last year, obviously Tony and Fabian we just spoke about before are one of those as well, but I think that really helps in this year when the prep hasn't been the same that. Rico and Woody not only did they drive together last year, but they just know each other so well they've been mates for ages, so I think um, that works as good as it's going to work.
3: All right, that's the that's the car 15. No car 16 in this year's race, which takes us straight, straight to car 17. It is the champion for 2020, Scott McLaughlin, being teamed up with Tim Slade for the very first time in the Shell V-Power Racing Team Mustang. 13 wins so far this season. It's been an outstanding result. Tony, I'll, uh, I'll throw to you first. Scott had a pre-race. Uh, Bathurst party uh over the weekend there was no arrests or uh n- nothing uh nothing that's going to hinder anybody's uh race results here is, is he going in as the favorite
2: mate he's got no chance after his form on saturday night <laughs> no chance whatsoever he's probably still recovering no he, is it, uh, was it a yeah, going
0: we... away party d'alberto
2: No, no, no. No, I'm not confirming that. Are you sure? It was It Was was there a big farewell
1: sign somewhere or anything like that? (laughs) Did he offer you any cheap furniture or anything like that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's just bought a new apartment, actually. It's beautiful. Um, In Florida or somewhere? Yeah. It's... um, Obviously, you know you you'd think that these guys are going to go in there as as the number one pairing with the form that Scott has. He's probably going to put the car on pole because he's been an absolute absolute superhuman in qualifying form. I think, like I said before, the shell cars are going to be really quick. Um, you know, Slady is a really good pick as well. Um, obviously, comes off you know eleven years of uh, full time. As a full-time driver so he's very fresh but you know not a lot of miles in the car this year he did a a ride day and i think the tail and bend test earlier in the season one of the big things for him will be making sure he's comfortable in the car you know he's got quite a big insert to deal with Um, so driver changes and things like that are going to be a little bit tricky because there is quite a size difference between between scott and tim but you know those guys no matter what if tim hands the car back over to Scott in a good position Uh, we all know that Scott can finish the job he's got so much confidence as a driver and you know he obviously wants to try and you know he's done the three-peat and he wants to try and back up his Bathurst win as well so yeah goes without saying they're going to be one to watch
3: Stefan can can they uh, can they go back to back and uh, and not only go back to back but maybe right a few of those wrongs from, from last year's race? Do you think that's high on on Scott's mind?
1: Yeah, I think um, it'd be pretty sweet for him if he can uh, pull one off potentially before leaving without the controversy that we saw last year. And no matter whether you look at form from 2020 or 2019 Bathurst, like it's definitely the, the car to beat in the race, in qualifying, all of that. It was interesting last year to see that that um, the shell cars, and in particular that 17 car, was really quick down conrod in the race which made really made it hard for anyone to pass it and made it the only car that felt like could blaze through the pack if it had to um and there was talk about obviously the the saturday engine um that uh, they had some trouble with uh, in scrutineering later but i think on race day there's so much in the way they set that car up ludo does love a slippery car at bathurst and it just It's one of those areas where like Penske's are just so on it in terms of every panel gap, everything that the air flows through in that car is just absolutely optimised. And I think we have seen a few changes to the, um, to the aero trim of the cars after the off season, but it's still going to be the quickest car this year.
3: ABL, I'm just looking at Sports Bet now and they're uh, they're paying $3.60. Is it enough value for you to um to have a safety bet or uh, or is it a little bit too short for you?
0: That's uh that's actually all right. That's probably worth thinking about. We, we'll have that conversation uh later over a virtual beer, I think. But um it's um it is yeah, I mean when you talk about cars that could rock up next weekend, uh qualifying poll and lead all day and win. This is definitely one of those cars. This is the car that's probably going to be on pole, um, as uh, as Stefan said, they're just so good at getting the best out of the car. And this year, you know, particularly since the resumption of the season, the, the team's just been it's been flawless in the way that it's you know they've they've nailed setups, they've nailed strategy, and and there's been we've seen you know Triple Eight not necessarily do that all that often it's been a weird year there's been a lot for for engineers to get their heads around for drivers to get their heads around um but that was just a heck of a performance from the resumption of the season up until last you know a couple of weekends ago when Scott uh, wrapped up the championship so yeah uh, you got to have them. you know there's three cars we know there's the three big heavy hitters and 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 yeah this is a car that can definitely win that race and may well win that race
3: well, there we go. According to the bookies, the absolute favourite. Let's move on to car 18. It's the Irwin Racing entry of Mark Winterbottom and James Golding. Mark ninth in the title at the moment. Two fourth place finishers. Uh, hasn't st- stood on the podium. Uh, Stefan, is this the best chance that Frosty has of uh, standing on the podium for the first time in 2020?
1: I don't think it would be a huge shock if they uh, uh, ended up on the podium. I think it's one of those teams where the, the battle between the two cars will be quite interesting through the day. They've, um, they're sort of ninth and 10th in the championship. Frosty's one ahead, but it feels like Scotty Pyre sort of had the edge on him in the recent past. But then you look at James Golding is probably one of the, going to be one of the best co-drivers there um, having done full time last year and and actually really impressed at Bathurst in the, in the last couple of years, James Golding. So, um, yeah, again, that's that battle within the team for pit priority and avoiding the stack. So, um, yeah, with all due respect, to then Fiore, who turns up every year, and he, he's with Scotty Pie, turns up every year and does a good job. You'd think Golding might be a bit sharper. So that sort of gives the, the edge to the eight anchor.
3: Let's just stick with team 18 here, car number 20 for the DeWalt racing team of Scott Pye. And and Fiore. Uh Stefan, as you'd said, that they have that he's sort of proven to be a little bit faster than Winterbottom, who jumped out of the blocks. Um, so yeah, AVL, do you think uh that, that uh, battle for pit priority is going to be the key for team 18?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. You know, what what we've the sort of trend we've seen this season is that um is that yep, uh, Scott Pye has probably been a little quicker in the well, he's, he's been he has been quicker in the races, and his his form in races has been exceptional, and he's gone forward on so many occasions in such a significant way, and that's partly because of obviously they've just nailed that race car, and partly because his qualifying pace hasn't been that good. Obviously, Bathurst long race you can afford to not qualify that well and still get something out of it, as long as we touched on you don't uh, you know being not being in the right position uh, relative to your teammate in the early stages doesn't put you too far um, on the back foot early in the race. So, But yeah, you would think that if he can keep pulling rabbits out of his hat like he has uh, in races this year, they could, um, and you know, Dean, is he gonna be the quickest co-driver? No, is he gonna be a pretty safe pair of hands? who's gonna be able to, uh, to hand the thing back to Scott? You know, after each stint, you would think so. So yeah, they could definitely be a car that shows up somewhere pretty classy at the end
3: he's been uh, doing some miles in uh Porsches over at Barbagallo Raceway just uh keeping the the race fitness up that's uh Dean Fiore of course a a great West Aussie um so Tony just uh, just quickly on Fiore uh you know he's been doing he's been able to get some miles which I know that you've kind of really been craving but are they are they good miles uh, given that you know they're not in the supercar that he's going to be driving or they're not even in a supercar, they've been I, in a...
0: Uh, are you sure there's been no supercar miles going on at Wanneroo? There is a 888 Falcon that lives in the Fiori garage. <laughs> I
3: believe it was only uh, Porsches, but uh, that's a, a nice rumour to start. So uh, <laughs>
0: I'm
2: not starting any rumours. I'm not starting any rumours. Look, I think any miles are uh, good miles. Yeah, I think race miles though—that uh, that intense sort of battle between uh, passing, defending, the nerves at the start line—those sort of miles are probably more crucial. Uh, just to you know drive around a track that he's very familiar with and a car that he he's familiar with, you know, it ticks it ticks the box for sure. But whether or not that suddenly makes him uh, yeah a lot more prepared than other co-drivers, I don't think so. Personally, I think these guys are going to be fairly strong. We've seen in the races this year that. They don't tend to qualify that well, but in the races they come through, um, especially in tracks that have got a high deg, not the Bathurst is high deg, but um, over a stint, they seem to be able to look after their tires pretty well. So Dean Fiore for me is a really safe pair of hands. He, he's not interested in trying to light the um, screens up and purple sectors and things like that. He knows his job. Um, Jimmy Golding's probably on the other side, but I think he's got enough experience on board that he knows his position as well. He'll be looking to try and prove himself, though, to hopefully try and get himself a seat um, in in 2021.
3: All right, let's move on to Team Sydney, car 19. Alex Davison, Jonathan Webb, the team owner of Team Sydney. 23rd in the title is Alex. His best result of the season is 13th. They're paying about a million bucks for a year dollar on sports bet. Uh, what is the best thing that Alex and Jono Could
1: uh, could hope for Stefan? Million bucks would buy you a lot of beef jerky. That much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think this is a car again that's just got to try to be there at the end. I think um, Team Sydney sort of came together um, in a bit of a rush for this year, and um, things like pit stops and reliability and all that's a big enough question mark before you start bringing in the ultimate pace of the car. I guess the thing going for this car is that um, they're both very experienced drivers at Bathurst, and um, in a way. Webby's preparation for Bathurst is probably no different this year than it normally is. He doesn't seem to be too fussed about doing miles at test days and all all the rest of it that everyone else talks about. He just jumps in on the race weekend and and goes half okay. So, um, yeah, these boys have just got to roll around and see where they end up.
3: And AVL car 22, Chris Pither and Steve Owen. They're 22nd in the title, best result of fifth in Darwin. Where do you see this car? Where do you see Team Sydney's chances?
0: Yeah, you could probably have almost the same conversation about this car. Both guys with an immense amount of experience uh, at Bathurst. You know, Chris has been around for so long. It's been quite funny watching him trundle out in the rookie sessions at race weekends since the resumption of the season, given just how long he's been around the supercars scene, but yeah, not going to go out there and uh, and go crazy fast, but could definitely, you know, get something out of it if they, if they keep it clean and, and roll around. And they know the flow of the race. They know how to read it. They should know what to do at the, uh, at the right time. So yeah, we'll see.
3: All right. Car 25, the mobile one appliances, online Commodore of Chas Mostert and Warren Luff sitting pretty in the championship, a couple of second place finishes, Four podiums for Chaz during the year. An extremely uh, experienced combination, particularly uh, Warren Luff. He's he's finished uh, on the podiums more times than you uh, can almost count on one hand. Uh, Tony, how do you think these guys are going to go? I feel they'll qualify well, um, but what's their pace going to be like?
2: I think their pace is gonna be good. I mean, Chaz, he's one of the fastest guys around Bathurst um over the, the recent five years or so. Um he he definitely knows how to drive a car around Bathurst. Um and Warren Laugh, as you mentioned there, he's got so much experience. He, he's just no fuss. People probably he goes under the radar of people, um, but he always seems to pop up at the end there. And we've seen him on the podium so many times in the recent past that for me, this is is um, probably not a red hot pairing that everybody's going to be focusing on, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if they do pop up on the podium. Um, and those cars are definitely getting better and better. Adam Debore, is a super engineer, um, and he does a fantastic job with the car. So I think Walkinshaw sure are on the rise, and I think this pairing will be very strong. Stefan, are they are they a
3: smoky? Are they the uh, the ones that you'd chalk down as your smoky for a uh, for a cheeky win?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good way to put it because they're one of that second group in that podium conversation, but arguably with the most x factor to potentially outright contend. As as Tony was saying, like Chaz is is very fast at most places, but particularly seems to gel at Bathurst. Some of his decision making in the race in the last few years hasn't been brilliant so we want to clean that up a bit the team has got a good endurance record good record at bathurst and like tony was saying i mean luffy's he's he's 44 years old now i think and he just turns up every year and does the job i think he got sort of dropped by triple eight in 2013 and i sort of thought oh okay is this he will land somewhere but is this sort of the end of his sort of podium days front running days and he's uh, got more trophies than most over the subsequent years so it, uh, it doesn't get easier as you keep going, but um, yeah, he's certainly got the runs on the board.
3: As someone who's about to chalk up a significant birthday, I'll have nothing against someone who's in their forties. Thank you very much. Uh, AVL just quickly on, on Chaz and, and Luffy. Um, I'll, uh, I'll throw back to our, uh, our good old mates at sports bet. They're paying 10 bucks. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I'll be having a bit of that. Like At the end of the day, to put it as simply as possible, they're genuine podium contenders. And if they won, it wouldn't be the world's biggest shock. They wouldn't be shock winners if they went out and and won the thing.
3: I could be the uh, very first person to win the Bathurst 1000 with blue hair. No good. Not a great start. Colin Funky Miller never won the the Bathurst
0: 1000.
1: (laughs) That's right.
3: All right, here we go. The two uh, Matt Stone racing entries. The first is the number 34 unit racing car, Zane Goddard and Jake Kostecki. They've been sharing that uh, Commodore entry during the year, uh, known as the Superlight car. So Zane currently 24th in the title with a best result of 10th and Jake not quite as good results. He's 25th and uh, with a best of 14th. Stefan, what's the best these guys can hope for?
1: finishing the race, probably. Um, Yeah, it's funny, last year at Bathurst, there was all the talk about this super light concept that Matt Stone wanted to do and a few other teams were talking about uh, potentially running two different drivers in the same car through the season, switching it up and then the sort of main controversy, if you like, was whether they should be allowed to pair up at Bathurst and it sort of turned out with the way this unforeseen year has been that it's probably a little bit more of an advantage than people thought, because these are two guys that have done lots of miles through the year. But that said, I mean, they're, they're both pretty low on experience, and it's, you wouldn't expect it to be one of the quickest cars out there. So they've just got to keep it clean, get through the race. Obviously, Jake was uh, in the wild card, Kostecki um, main game car last year. So we got lots of miles through the three Enduros, but he did have that big shunt at Bathurst, which I'm sure, uh, he remembers uh not too fondly so yeah just seeing the checkered flags a good outcome here
3: and the second matt stone racing car it's the yellow cover racing entry for gary jacobson and the super experienced david russell uh gary's 20th in the in the title seventh was his best result that he grabbed uh in sydney in one of those mixed tire races avl where do you see these guys at
0: Um, yeah, definitely plenty of experience in that car, but, uh, whether there's going to be the outright pace to be, you know, a top five contender on speed would be fairly unlikely. Uh, I think you could just put them in that group of cars that if they keep things clean and the race falls their way, you know, that's, that, that's really what they're going to be. Um, they're going to be hoping for And Who knows, maybe you pop up in the top 10 or you pop up in the top 15 and you sort of get something out of the day. I think they're, they're part of that group. All
3: right, car number forty, Gary Rogers Motorsport, the only wild card entry in the race. It's Tyler Everingham and Jaden Ojeda, the Juice, who will make his uh, Bathurst one thousand debut. Well, both of them will make their debut. Tony, I guess you're probably in a little bit of a similar position. You were in a similar position to these guys. You know, you did a couple of DVS races uh, at Bathurst before making your one thousand debut. Tyler Everingham's been there a couple of times in in. Uh, Super 2 and Bathurst 12-hour. They Neither of them have done a 1,000. What do you think? Uh, how are they feeling in their boots right now?
2: I think uh, they'll, they will be shaking their boots a little bit. Um, Bathurst is a big deal. Um, I think people underestimate that. Um, you might have driven there in Formula Ford or other categories, but just the whole uh event is completely different um to anything else so uh it's gonna be a big day for those guys uh, especially with not a huge amount of miles under their belt again as we, we keep sort of touching on but for these guys for me they just need to circulate get miles tick the box um complete a 1000 i think that'd be a good day out for them
3: yeah Stefan, uh, we don't get to see too many wild cards in the uh, in the race these days, I guess we never really have seen many. Gary Rogers Motorsports, certainly not, not what we'd uh, ever think of as a, as a wildcard. They've uh, done millions and millions of miles around there. Despite the fact that Gary's team has left full-time, it's nice to see them come back for the biggest race of the year.
1: Absolutely, and I guess there's a nice little synergy there. It's 20 years since uh, GRM won the race with Garth Hender and Jason Bagwana funnily enough on a very wet and stormy day at Mount Panorama. And as we sit here at the start of race week, there's a forecast for rain on and off during the week and especially for Sunday. So, um, if that comes to bear, again, this, uh, could be a even tougher day for young blokes, like, like these two, who, as we were saying, don't, don't have the experience there, but it's just another good little storyline for the race, like a couple of young kids who have shown promise in the, in the lower tiers, super two, super three, that can go and get a whole bunch of experience that um, should serve them well for the future.
3: Yeah, And uh, lots of uh, interest and controversy around that entry with uh, Nathan Hearn, not being able to get a, a super license in the lead up. AVL, do you, does that play a factor at all or is that now all completely forgotten And and these two blokes can go on and get on with the business?
0: I don't think anyone in that team should be thinking about that you know, when they head to the mountain this week, because it is a a heck of a task that they've set themselves. You know, the team's been through a lot. The whole team's had to go on quarantine just to get into, uh, into New South Wales, because they haven't been part of the supercars traveling bubble. Um, You know, you got two rookie drivers, you know, obviously there's nothing for them to prove it. It's, it's, it's an interesting case study on, you know, if you look at young drivers like that, you know, Jaden really does, there's signs that he could be the real deal in the years to come. So, you know, would he be better served, you know, rocking up at Bathurst one year as a co-driver in an established supercars entry alongside an established driver and learning that way? Or is this no pressure approach? Go up there, do some laps, no one's expecting anything. You know, qualifying for the race will be a massive tick. Is that a better way to go about it? You know, we've seen different drivers take different approaches. The the, the more modern approach seems to be that you, you know, if you're a hotshot super two driver, you end up with a good driver and you go up there in a in a position to to try and get a result, so this is a different way, and uh, and it could um, it could work well because every lap there is is experience, and every bit of experience, you know, one day down the track could definitely um, prove to be valuable. He'll
3: also be doing some. Super 2 racing, Super 2 miles up there with Matt White Motorsport in the Nissan Ultima entry as well. So uh, he won't be shy of laps around the track this weekend. Uh, Car 44, it is the Boost Mobile Racing entry of James Courtney and another young bloke, Brock Feeney. So Courtney currently 13th in the title, best result of second place in Darwin. Stefan, uh, James has shown some uh, really good turns of speed from time to time. Uh, look, he's, he's one of the elder statesmen now, embarrassingly so. Uh, he's uh, got a lot of experience, a few podiums in the 1000. Maybe not the, uh, the biggest smoky, but um, I don't know. If, if I saw them on the podium or even uh, Jag a win at the end of it, it's not the most surprising result.
1: I think, uh, I think James should be fast up there. Um, he has shown some good signs since joining Tickford and, uh, sort of gelling with engineer, Brendan Hogan and, and really, um, yeah, putting some results on the board as well, a couple of podiums. And he's one of those sort of freestyly sort of drivers that, um, has been out of reg car across the top of the mountain that hasn't maybe had the outright pace in the past. So I think he will be quick. Brock Feeney as a co-driver turns 18 on race day first, uh, First showing in, in the main game, boy, it's going to be tough for him, especially if it is his wet. He's shown shown great ability in the in the racing he's done in the lower tiers. And he, he works closely obviously with Paul Morris. Um, does a lot of driving of various different things, XLs and what have you at, at Norwell. But to be in that big race, in those cars, it's a big stage. Yeah, just getting through his stints is gonna be a, a good result.
0: AVL, do you think it's too much for Brock? It's certainly, you know, coming back to what I was just talking about with the, with the GRM wildcard, it's the complete opposite to the Everingham Ojeda approach, you know, because that, that is a high-profile entry. James is one of, the, one of, the, one of the, the big guns in the category. And if you look at just the whole marketing of that entry, you know, through Boost Mobile, it's a brand that's very out there. Peter Adderton, the owner, very outspoken, loves to make a big song and dance about everything that his, uh, that his brand is doing. Um, So there's sort of nowhere to hide with that. So it it will be tough for Brock. Um, It'll be a good opportunity to really see where he's at because we hear a lot uh, of the hype and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, you've got to go out there and get the job done uh, in the car. So, you know, all signs are that he's a pretty capable young bloke and that he may well be up for it. And we could have had this same conversation in 2011 about Nick Perkett. But, you know, I, I think it is at some point probably Brock has the potential to be a limiting factor as much as that sounds like a horrible thing to say, but you know, you could see JC putting the thing in the shootout, but is the car necessarily going to be part of the top 10 conversation all day? That's maybe a bit of a stretch.
3: All right. Super cheap auto racing entry, Jack LeBrock and James Moffat. This is the last year of super cheap auto sponsoring the event, which brings a close of um, what a 20 plus year relationship with the race longest standing, um, major sponsor, Stefan. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I believe it's 16 years, and it's definitely the, the longest that it's had that one continuous name.
3: There you go. Next year it becomes uh, the Repco Bathurst 1000. But um, uh, yeah, a little bit of a long shot for Jack and and uh, Moft to you know be thought about as potential winners. But wow, wouldn't um, wouldn't Super Cheap Auto just love that in their uh, in their last race as the naming rights? for the event to have their car uh, also uh, score a, a huge result. Of course, Jack took his very first championship win at Sydney Motorsport Park. He also scored another another podium result. He has factored uh, from time to time towards the uh, the front of the field. Stefan, what do you reckon, what's the best that these guys can be hoping for?
1: Yeah, it has been a bit up and down for uh, Jack LeBrock this year, but this is definitely an opportunity to get a result. I mean, James Moffat, was very good last year in the race um, with Chaz, and he, uh, he is one of those co-drivers, I think, that really does understand his role and uh, knows the part he has to play in the race. So yeah, if they can avoid stacking and uh, all of that sort of stuff, they could end up in the top six at the end of the day.
3: All right, we're getting to uh, some pretty heavy hitters here right at the very tail of our list, three cars to go. And the first is the Red Bull Holden Racing Team car of Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander, um, fourth in the title for Shane Van Gisbergen. nine podiums, including a couple of wins uh, at Townsville for Van Giers. Amazing that he has not won this motor race. It's probably the only major accolade that he doesn't have in his uh, cabinet of trophies there. AVL, is this is 2020, the year that he can take his first great race win?
0: Yep. Yeah, it definitely is. I think, you know, I have these guys. If you're asking us to pick our winners, these, the, this is the car that I think is going to win the race, not in a, oh, this car is going to be completely unstoppable way, because I don't think you can really split the top three by much, but I just feel like Giz is due up at the mountain you know and i think he's going to be really motivated to get it done i think garth takes zero motivating at any time to drive a racing car about as fast as it'll go at the same time you just know that he's not going to do anything silly you know he can match that he can bring the intensity he needs to without ever being in danger of uh of throwing the thing off the road he can race door to door you know he can he can hold his own in pretty much every single department of being a racing driver um so i I just think it's a super strong pairing i think giz is going to be motivated to win it we've seen the niggle as much as everyone tries to play down after it happens we see this constant sort of ebb and flow of this niggle between the penske guys and the triple a guys post-race when emotions are high and then they all go oh no it's nothing we're all best friends but it always comes back it's there you know even if they try and pretend it's not it's there and i think i think giz would enjoy stopping the Scotty fairy tale, particularly if Scotty is headed out of the series. I think that's something that might motivate him deep down as well, even if he might not publicly come out and say that.
3: Uh, Tony, there's a fair chance that you'll get to race wheel to wheel with uh, Garth Tander. You've done that plenty of times over over your career. What's your thoughts of taking on uh, GT at some point during this weekend's race?
2: Garth and I have a, a love-hate relationship. He is uh, very, very difficult to race against. Yeah, I totally agree that this car is going to be at the front of the field. Um, we saw last year with Garth and all the co-driver sessions be at the top, you know, really should be still driving full time. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. But the thing that I I, I sort of struggle with a little bit with this entry, there's no doubt in their, their pace. And yes, they're going to be a factor. But somehow they tend to get themselves in trouble at some point. In, in races, whether it be pit stops or whether it be, you know, a mistake or something like that, that that's probably my only concern. You know, they're either going to you know disappear or and be right at the front, or they're going to have a shocker.
3: Let's uh, let's stick with the uh, the triple eight theme here and the and the second of their entries, Jamie Winkup and Craig Lound. So, the title is beyond Jamie. He's three hundred and five points behind McLaughlin. So uh barring any uh wild penalty disaster jamie uh, or anyone else has no chance of winning this title he's taken four wins this year Stefan, 11 wins at the great race between jamie and craig it's an unbelievable record uh is there an extra win for these two guys come the end of this weekend
1: well it's one of those ones that uh amazing that Jamie hasn't won the race since 2012 and I don't think he's been on the podium since 2013 and sort of every year when we go there I think oh it's probably going to be his year this year but Bathurst doesn't seem to work that way uh but all in all yeah I would put this car very slightly ahead of the 97 I think it is the 17's biggest threat we have seen a few little glitches with triple eight this year in terms of little reliability little pit stop bugs and things but you'd think they would uh have that stuff sorted out for Bathurst. Like we we're talking before about how good Penske are at the not even the one percenters, but the the point one percenters. Um, and I think the fact that Triple um, Eight were uh, when they did their Super Two test uh, with their Super Two car and Angelo missouris at at uh, Queensland Raceway last week, the fact, they were doing a lot of brake rotor changes in full race pit stops. Like seemed. Either very, very good preparation for the Super 2 races up there, which is 16 laps each, or possibly <laughs> with a view to the uh, the big race on Sunday. So that's sort of a little window into how seriously, how on it these guys are. And um, yeah, you would think that uh, they're going to be right there. One little interesting quirk with this car is that um, the GT or F1 style steering wheel that Jamie's been running. Um, AVL loves year. it. I hate yeah, it. I hate it. AVL uh, huh? seems to love it but uh the old Craig didn't didn't like it too much when they tried it at Sandown last year and they didn't run it through the Enduros. so um yeah we'll see how he adapts to that
3: AVL their second favorite according to our friends at Sportsbet um uh, just by the way we're not actually sponsored by Sportsbet it's just one of my favorite <laughs> apps but if Sportsbet do want to sponsor us maybe just with some free uh, free tokens or something that would be pretty cool bonus uh, bets bonus bets of course uh okay Jamie and Craig Another great race win for Triple for Eight. What do you reckon?
0: Well, I'm surprised it took this long uh, for Stefan and I to disagree on something because we generally uh, we generally try and make a habit of it. But um, I, I I think I like the 97 a little more than the 88, but definitely not much between it. That's I'm not saying that from any position of, oh, this is why I think that. It's just That's just sort of gut feel. And talking about punting, I've pretty much just been on a massive losing streak for a long time. So my gut's probably not all that clever. But... I just feel like they not, I like the 97 a little more, but yeah, this car is again, it's right up there. And if they won the race from pole, very comfortably, there'd be nothing surprising about that. And, and again, like Stefan said, you know, Jamie just has so much bad luck there, but he's so good that at some point that's got to turn uh, or bad luck or bad management or a combination of both, or however you want to put it at some point, that's got to turn and a result's got to come. And there's absolutely no reason why it can't be uh, this Sunday. All right, the last car that we have to talk about is car
3: 99. It's the Penrite Racing Commodore of Anton Di Pasquale and Brody Kostecki, Tony D. Uh, Anton has, uh, he's collected a uh, one, one win, two other podiums. He's eighth in the title. He's uh, certainly outshone his teammate, David Reynolds, for the better part of, of the year. Certainly more consistent in what's been a little difficult year for them. But I think between Anton and and Brody, they, they're, they're a reasonable chance, probably a podium. Do you agree?
2: Absolutely agree. I think uh, Anton has been super fast at Bathurst before. Uh, in the shootout last year, did an absolutely amazing job. He had some bad luck in the race. Um, but then Brody Kostecki is uh, super fast as well. He's probably a bit loose, a bit crazy, um, but he's getting plenty of miles in DVS, which – Unfortunately, um, the team, Eccleston, won't be at Bathurst, so he won't get those miles. But it might allow him just to focus just on the job um, with Anton. Um, I reckon these guys are definitely um, in for a shot for a podium. There's no doubt. Whether they win the race, you know, we talk about the top three or four that are the real um, strong, strong pairings. But um, they're definitely in that second tier, no doubt about it.
3: Stefan, what do you like about the 99?
1: Yeah, I think um, that they are in that conversation for potentially appearing on the podium. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can end this with two disagreements between me and Van Loon because I reckon that they might be slightly ahead of of the nine car, um, to be honest, not only because of Anton's form, but also Brody. I think this this weekend's got the potential to... People in the game know how good Brody is and how good he can be, but I think this is the potential for him to really uh, make his mark to a wider audience um, yeah, he's been very good in, in DVS. He got that experience in the Kostecki wildcard last year. And uh, I think he's going to go pretty well. Probably the question mark, though, for both of the Penrite cars is just the the team staff, reliability, pit stops. They've had a few issues this year. The whole tyranny of travel doesn't seem to have sort of gelled well with, uh, with the way they've operated. So like all teams, they'll be doubling down all their efforts to make sure that stuff doesn't go wrong at Bathurst. But um, unfortunately, you can't sort of account for everything that can go wrong at Bathurst. So um, yeah, I think they're in the podium conversation, but uh, everything's got to go right for them to get there.
0: Yeah, look, I just to show what an unprecedented year it is, I might actually agree with Stefan uh, here again. Uh, I think that that's fairly plausible that the 99 could be ahead of ahead of the nine. We know Anton's good at Bathurst. I mean, you think back to, was it his rookie year, 2018, you know, it, with the, that shootout effort that was pretty impressive given the fact he had, it's not like he came in with a thousand enduro campaigns under his under his belt. So he knows how to drive the car there. He has had the edge on Dave, you know, a, quite a number of times this season. There's just, but it's just so hard to tell with those guys because, you know, what is having Al McVane come back into the team going to do for, for, for the car pace on the number nine? Uh, Where are things really going to shake out? You know, there is that Bathurst factor. Reynolds goes good there, but yeah, if the 99 was the best of the Erebus cars all weekend, there'd be absolutely uh, nothing surprising about that.
3: All right, there you have it. We've gone through every car, we've gone through every primary driver, every co-driver. It is another great race that's uh, about to unfurl and we are certainly looking forward to it no matter where we are. We'll all be in different uh different places. One of us will be in uh in the race. Uh one will be watching right from the side. Stefan, you'll be there for the race. And then AVL will I'll look after the East Coast. Look, you look after the West Coast. What do you reckon? Sounds like a deal. Now, just one last thing before you go. Uh AVL, you'd said the ninety seven was your pick for the win. Who's your yeah. who's your smokey? Uh the eight. There we go. Uh, the there's uh, Nick Perkat so uh, Stefan, you pick for a win for the win and a smoky. I'll
1: go the 17 for the win and the 25 Chas car for the Smokey.
3: You beauty, all on the record. I love it and uh, Tony D, 12 for the win, 12 for a smoky.
2: Exactly. yep. That's me. Yeah. I've got to say that. Well,
3: Stefan and AVL, we thank you so much for your time on the Parked Up podcast, previewing the 2020 edition of the great race, the Bathurst 1000. We hope you both enjoy it and uh, no doubt we'll be uh, talking to each other over Zooms or uh, Facebook Messenger or normal Messenger during the race and uh, and, and seeing how it's all playing out. Thanks, boys. No worries. Thank Thank you. Thanks, Jens. And we thank AVL and Stefan for the expert analysis and preview to the great race, Tony. I uh, I didn't. I, I uh, sort of intimated that Car Twelve was your favourite, your uh, Smokey. But let's say Car Twelve uh, isn't in the race or isn't in the preview. Who's the one that you're really looking for as the uh, as the main rival?
2: It's a really tricky one. I'll, I'll probably have to say Car Seventeen because. Uh like I've said in the, in the preview there, I think we're going to have really good cars at Bathurst and I think they're obviously in a very strong position. Um, So, you know, I I think uh, if we don't win it, I'd like them to win it next. Uh, But outside of our little team, it's a really tough, tough question. I don't know.
3: (laughs) You haven't been thinking about anything other than red and white Mustangs
2: um yeah i've got nothing for you
3: there's a a few good ones in there there's a few good ones we can't wait the great race is the great race it's the one race that you could have the biggest shocker all year you win that and uh, everyone forgets everything else so we've had a shocker in 2020 doesn't matter where you've been Mm. so whoever wins this despite the fact that they're going to do it in front of you know not many not much crowd it's going to be a different style of atmosphere there it's still going to be a a race well worth watching and uh, you know what i we can't wait
2: the the, i reckon the first thing for me will be well the most exciting thing will be pulling out of pit lane and pulling gears down uh, mountain straight or conrod for the first time in a very long time i'm just wondering like how fast it's actually going to feel you know will it feel like i'm going warp speed because generally you get in there and you're so used to it but I've like been doing 60 kilometers an hour in my 5k radius. So uh, it's, it's a little bit different that, that will be a bit of a shock I reckon to the system, but yeah, huge event. I reckon there's going to be, it's going to be quite an exciting race Um, as we've spoken about. We've got rookies in the field. We've got experienced combos, we've got red hot combos as well. Guys trying to prove themselves and uh, all that mixed into one um, is probably going to create quite a, Quite quite an exciting race. And then, you know, if there's a bit of water added to it as well, far out. Nah, at Bathurst, never. Mate, uh, it'll be a good spectacle for you guys. <laughs> uh, not so much fun for the drivers, but uh, yeah, fingers crossed. When it rained last time at Bathurst, well, we were on the podium. So uh, I'm not fussed either way. Amazing. Well,
3: the great race is one thing that you definitely need to look out for. The other thing that everyone needs to look out for is a couple of oversized Tony D heads that will be in the crowd parked up has (laughs) gone the extra mile and made a couple of uh, TD oversized heads. They're currently on their way to Mount Panorama right now in the, uh, race fuels truck. Um, we're going to, uh, drop them off to a couple of fans, um, who will be at the circuit on, on Sunday. Haven't actually locked in who those fans are just yet. So, um, please get in touch with, uh, with us probably via the parked up Facebook page or uh, Instagram page. Tell us if you're going to be at the circuit on Sunday. If you've got a Sunday race ticket and you'll be sitting on the outside of pit straight there, Um, we've got two oversized Tony D heads to, uh, to give away. And as long as you're willing to wave them in the air as Tony D zaps past in the, uh, in the number 12, we want you to have them. They're very cool. We have to thank our friends at moto sign for, uh, for hooking those up. And, um, yeah, we want to see big, big oversized Tony D heads waving in the crowd.
2: What did? How did you bribe these people to do this? What are they winning? Well, they're going to get to take home your head. That's what they're oh, going to great. get. Oh, great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's huge. Well, uh, I'll post up a couple of photos to the uh, to the parked up Facebook and Instagram pages and show you how big these heads are. Actually, they're uh, they're they're a little oversized. Well, people say that you've got a big head, Tony D, but they're not that. It's not this big. <sighs>
2: Well, there you go. There you have it, mate. (laughs) He's got nothing to say. Right, that's
3: it. The Bathurst 1000 is going to be run. We can't wait. It's the best day of the year for, for any Australian motorsport fan or even sporting fans. We wish all the drivers the best. Of course, we wish you the best, Tony D. Bring it home for us. Bring it home for Parked Up. We we uh, we wish you a safe race, but uh, hopefully we'll get to see you up there with uh, another piece of silverware. We know after this year, um, it uh, it would be a a nice reward.
2: Absolutely, it would. Uh, I think for anybody just going to the race, getting involved, um, you know, after the year that we've had, is just an incredible experience. So I'm looking forward to it, mate. Uh, we've put everything we've got into it. And we're in, we're in uh, definitely a good spot for it. So fingers crossed, everybody, please, fingers crossed. Let's get this done.
3: <laughs> Let's get it done. The great race for twenty twenty, it's on the horizon. We hope everyone has a very happy Bathurst day, and you'll hear from us next week.